Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. Whether you agree or not, there's a fact in life, and that is that damn near 95% of everything is attitude. It is the attitude by which we move forward that makes it what it is, that makes life what it is, that makes us successful. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who suffer from <laughs> what I call a disorder that keeps them from having joy, from being truly happy, from peace of mind, contentment, mindfulness. It is a dis-ease. I call it perpetual discontent. Now, it's normal to be discontent sometimes. Maybe work sucks this week or whatever. But perpetual discontent is a mindset. It's a habit. Sometimes it's learned from a parent. Sometimes it is well, earned through a series of misadventures. But no matter where it came from, it has to be healed. Perpetual discontent will ruin your life. I talk to people who literally have everything. They have love, they have family, that's good, <laughs> right? They have a home, someplace safe to live, they have a good job, everything is going for them, but they're just not happy. They exist in a continual state of discontent. It is full of yes buts and negative action. When I say negative action, I, I don't even mean life choices or decisions or things. It is negative action within that then perpetuates this experience of less than. Nothing is good enough. They're never happy. Some of them even realize that they have more than others. Some of them recognize the mood, but they don't think that they have a power to do anything about it. Sometimes it manifests as a lack of motivation. Beloved, if it's a lack of motivation, get off your ass and do it anyway. You will be in once you actually get started and you'll feel rewarded and renewed and relieved afterwards. Sometimes perpetual discontent is, it gets on you, it's contagious. My husband happens to suffer from perpetual discontent. He actually had a breakthrough recently. We were working in the yard. We were putting down some sod and some stones to make a path. This is a cool thing, right? We've been looking forward to doing this. We were blessed to have the money to buy the things to do it, to have the time to be able to do it together. And we were not five minutes in before he was grumbly. Grumbly. And even though for years I have discussed perpetual discontent with my clients, I hadn't really gone there with him yet needed conversation I had been waiting for the window to discuss. For those of you who are maybe 
new to my podcast, new to Lessons from the Universe, maybe you don't know what I mean when I say window. When we have something we really want to share with someone, some mind-changing piece of information, um, whatever, we have to wait for the right window. It, it's playing the long game, right? If you throw it out there at the wrong time, it will make things worse. This happened to be the perfect moment. And I said something sort of teasing him about it must be really hard to suffer from perpetual discontent. And then I was just quiet. He actually had to process what those two words mean separately and together. And a few minutes later, he says, it's, it's true. It's a fact. I've been diagnosed with PD. And I laughed. I laughed so hard because what he did was made light of something. And it made me really want to tell everyone because what it did was it both personalized it and depersonalized it, right? He, in that moment, realized that was true and it was, well, stupid, <laughs> right? That it was a, a learned behavior, a habit that he could do something about. And by calling it PD, which then a huge number of jokes about ED and other things came about, it allowed him to think of it in the same way that you would some kind of illness where maybe you take a medication to help overcome it, right? He realized, I can cure this. This does not have to be my normal. This doesn't have to be who I am every day all the time. I don't have to be discontent. I don't have to lean towards that. I don't have to be having a perfectly joyful, happy day and find myself in discontent just because it is my normal, right? It's physics. A body in motion tends to stay in motion or return to that initial motion unless there is a true action based upon it. So until you literally allow yourself to self-diagnose that this is something that's going on with you, the discontented state of mind stays this normal that continues to suck you back on its path again and again and again and again. It's like if you start driving a different path to work and then one day you're not consciously thinking about it, you end up going the old way or driving to your old job or your old house or something. And in the days that have followed since he labeled himself as a person suffering from PD, he's caught himself. He said things like, oh crap, my PD is getting the best of me. And when he does, he cracks it wide open. Beloved, crack it wide open. Bad moods don't have to win. Why do we let them win? creeps on us and then we just carry that one around and we choose it, right? Or we're doing something with another person and we let it get on us. I had a choice that day when we were laying down all that sod. I could have sat there and let his bad mood get on me. I could have sat there and thought thoughts like, why can't he just be happy? And then I would have created my own discontent. Instead, I reminded him what I was reminding myself, quite frankly. We're getting some exercise. We're spending time together. We're doing something we've wanted to do for a long time. And we're blessed to have the prosperity to be able to pull it off and the physical strength to be able to do it. 
Some people can't lift or bend or do those things. Beloved, often we catch PD from others. We live with someone or work with someone, spend a lot of time with someone who suffers from this dis-ease, and we catch it. Who says the bad mood has to win? Be relentlessly optimistic. Keep your thoughts on track and pull that person off their path of, of self-destruction and dis-ease and yuckiness. You don't have to let them ruin your mood. Tell them, you don't get to ruin my mood. You get to come over here with me. Get on the joy train, <laughs> right? Sometimes you really just have to go sweat. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. But physical exertion can break that up too, right? It's like you literally sweat it out somehow, right? Right now it's hot as hell. Um, it's July, right? Go sit outside for a few minutes. Instead of thinking about how gross and sweaty you are, think about all the discontent just draining out of your body. Attitude is everything. And unfortunately, we all too often do not take responsibility for it. We think it is just forced upon us that we can't do anything about it, but we can. You can change something in the physical world, often just putting on music will shift Lucas right out of his discontent. For me, maybe it's just stepping outside, put my feet in the grass. But remember, while this kind of thinking absolutely helps with regular discontent, you know, guys, if you just occasionally feel like things aren't great, it might be your hormones or maybe you're too tired, allergies are flaring up. I'm talking about perpetual discontent. Why? Why do you choose to hate your job every single day? Why? It pays your rent, right? Gives you health care or whatever it does for you. If the positives, if what you receive doesn't outweigh the negatives, you need to be actively searching for a new job, even though we are in the middle of a pandemic and a recession and whatever, right? Don't just sit and be unhappy. Maybe you're one of the millions of people out of work right now. Beloved, do not just sit and wallow in your discontent. If you can't be content sitting around and watching TV all day, then get off your ass and do something. Those of you who know me well at all have heard me share my favorite quote again and again, and it happens to be some are surprised to hear it from a beetle, John Lennon. He said something to the effects of, time enjoyed is not time wasted. That, beloved, is possibly the most pervading law I have in my life. If I am enjoying it, I get to be all in. Whether I am sitting on the couch and eating crackers, floating in the pool with my kids, whatever it is, if I am enjoying it, it is not a wasted moment. But the second I quit enjoying it, the second I can't quit thinking about the email I need to send or the kitchen I need to clean, I just get off my ass and go do that thing. Not with discontent, beloved, because 
clearly, if it is that much on my mind, it is actually what I want to do. And therefore, I am doing it because I want to do it. No one is doing it to me. Even if you are washing the dishes or picking up your husband's socks from all over the house, would it be great if someone else did these things? Sure. But lovelies, if it is bothering you, it is bothering you. And if you choose to do something about it, do it with a smile. The task for the task's sake. Who taught you to hate washing dishes? Who taught you that? Somebody taught you that. Probably the person who taught you how to wash dishes. They probably flat out told you. My son thinks he hates putting away the silverware because guess what? My husband hates putting away the silverware. Why? Why, you guys? I mean, I get it. I used to feel the same way. If I was doing the dishes, I would be resentful that someone else didn't do it. If I was taking out the trash, I would be dis resentful that someone else did not do it. And these are just little things. Let's go ahead and blow it up in your mind to whatever big thing you could possibly be thinking. I'm not trying to be trivial here. Whatever it is. If it's going to make you angry to do it, don't do it. Don't do it. If you want it done, change your mind, right? If you don't do it, someone else will eventually. It is not a game of who gives in first unless you like that. If you enjoy that, let it be that. But I have realized that if I am tired of looking at the dishes in the sink, I should do it happily. I have a few minutes. I want the dishes done. I'm doing them. And then it feels good that they're done attitude is 95% of everything. And it is easy to think your life is not good enough. Your job is not good enough. Your spouse is not good enough. Your kids are not good enough. Anything, your clothes, your body, whatever it is, it's real easy to decide that nothing is good enough. I have a client that I talked to today who runs a business with her husband. They've been running this business for like 20 years. They're on the path to having it bought out and to be able to be financially free. Her husband does not give her enough credit for the role that she plays. This is a fact. And because of it, because she has been looking for that credit, because she's been looking for that validation, she has been discontent for 20 years and it is peaking now and she wants out. But this is not the time. We're sort of at the 11th hour, right? They're coming around the, the home stretch. Like she needs to stay put. And actually what she needs to do is realize that this is the universe asking her to choose gratitude, to choose contentment, to quit doing everything with resistance or resentment. When things finally conclude and they get what they deserve, even if all the shining lights are shining on him, she can be content knowing that the role she played is why the whole thing was successful. That without her, it couldn't have happened. Does she really need the world to say that? Really? I mean, I get that drive, okay? I'll be really candid. I have a client who will post things that we have discussed, right? It will literally be something I just said. And I will happen to see her post and she will be, you know, it'll be posted. It's not like taking a meme that I've posted or something. It's literally posting like a status update that is verbatim <laughs> something that I said. And it will be as if they're her words. 
and I guess they are because she wrote them, right? I have a choice in that flash of a moment to think, she didn't give me credit for my words and to be discontent or to say, wow, that was powerful enough that she wanted to write it down. And look, five of her friends liked it. And to recognize I did that, whether my name's on it or not. And to see the ripple and to be glad it's there. Now, to be fair, I'm a human being and I would love it if you said, my Jennifer said, blah, 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 <laughs> right? Shameless plug. But that doesn't make it any less mine, any less valid, any less real. We do not need validation from other people. We do not need credit. We don't need any of that. I mean, it's helpful. And for those of you in the financial world, yes, we need good credit. <laughs> That's not the credit I'm talking about, and all of you know it. Beloved, do not let the yes buts crush your joy. Do not let the choices of others shape who you are and do not drown in your own perpetual discontent for one more minute. If any of this sounds like you, self-diagnose right now. Say it out loud. Say, I have PD and I'm ready to cure it. And if it's somebody you love, look for the window for the moment to share with them what that is. You don't even have to explain it. Any adult with a vocabulary, when you say perpetual discontent, if they roll it around in their head long enough, will figure out what you mean. And they'll realize it's them. If it is, don't delude yourself. If you're the one with PD, don't blame it on your spouse. <laughs> Beloved, attitude is 95% of everything. And it is a choice just have to catch yourself when you're going there. Catch yourself. You're doing something you feel miserable. Ask yourself, why the hell do I feel miserable? Why? I asked my husband, why are you miserable right now? He had no answer. He wanted to say, because it's dirty and it's sweaty and it's all of that, but does that really have to make you miserable? He knew better. It's a choice. We can always take a shower. Guys, if you're going to be perpetual anything, be a perpetual optimist. Even a perpetual realist is happier than someone who suffers from perpetual discontent. Even if we were realistic, right? We're laying the sod. It won't be perfect. We might cut a finger. <laughs> we might get sweaty and dirty. We might ruin our socks. We might get a sunburn. That's better than... This crap sucks and I'm going to suffer through every minute of it. Every part of your life has something to be grateful for. And if it does not, if it is not readily available, first of all, ask yourself, is what this is valuable for to teach me something? Is that what it is? Right? Is my job like getting paid to go to grad school? I'm learning a technical lesson or a spiritual lesson or something like that. Right? If it's not serving some kind of intrinsic purpose, then you start working towards change. And how do you relieve discontent in that scenario? You focus on gratitude for the steps you're taking to change things. Whether it is planning your move, looking for a job, increasing your education, indulging in anything, 
that can change your mind. I have clients who talk to me for so many different purposes. Some of them, it is just because I can be the voice of optimism and joy and inspiration. Do you need that voice? Is it mine? Is it somebody else's? I don't care whose voice it is. Find it. Find the voice that can pull you out of the darkness and remind you that nothing's as bad as your mind has made it a habit to be. Break the habit, my lovelies. Change it. It is as simple as choosing. Choose to and be consistent. Don't beat yourself up when you have a day where you've sucked all day. Say at the end of the day when you realize what happened, man, I had a PD flare up (laughs) and I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen again tomorrow. You've got this. I know you do. Know you do. Because I've watched many people heal their PD. It is contagious. It spreads from person to person, from life goal to life goal. But it can be crushed with something as simple as a shift in intention. And that, beloved, is something you have 100% control over. Your intention and your thoughts are directed and guided by you. Do not allow anyone to tell you different, even if it is your own voice in your own head. Tell that voice you're a liar. My thoughts are not running the show. I am. And I came here for joy. Until next time, beloved. Namaste. Hi beauties, my name is Megan and I couldn't pass up an opportunity to share who Jennifer Hall really is with all of you. Jennifer is a gifted woman who loves to share the tips and tricks of mastering lessons from the universe through real life experiences. When I found Jennifer about two years ago, I did not know what to expect. My past conditioning had me fearing psychics and avoiding them and that was something I overcame within my first conversation with Jennifer. She has no desire to control you or make decisions for you, but she will tell you what's best for your highest good and it's up to you to do the work or not. It's very common for people to seek out a psychic to read the future and sure, it's human nature to wanna know what we don't know, to find the certainty in life, but what you actually get through Jennifer is so much deeper than knowing with, with certainty. It's really about how to grow through the uncertainty and embrace the power each of us hold deep within our own sovereignty and untapped gifts. Jennifer has helped me grow through many lessons in life, relationship lessons with my husband of 15 years, my gifted and stubborn children, career lessons that involved overcoming complacency and dealing with difficult bosses, and of course, lessons for my spiritual growth and tapping into and embodying my own authenticity. Her podcast, Lessons from the Universe, is food for the soul. It is channeled wisdom, and it is personal wisdom that she picked up as she learned and grew into who she is today. Jennifer is well-known and sought out. I have people from all over the world reaching out to me to provide a referral to her so that she can speak with them and, and they're able to meet her. 
This podcast makes it possible for people all over the world to receive her messages and receive the love that she pours into the collective. If you aren't a patron today, please consider becoming one and donating as much as $1 per month. If all of her beloved fans donated just $1, it would make an amazing impact on her offerings to the world. I meet with Jennifer monthly, and I'm also a patron because I believe so much in the lessons from the universe, and I have witnessed the beauty in learning and growing, the beauty in overcoming and smashing the many bubbles of conditioning that I succumbed to in my past. I have a new, more powerful story, and a big part of this story is embracing lessons from the universe. Your story will continue to change, and your donations will help many others change their stories across the globe, allowing the story of the collective to change for the best as well. If you love and live through the lessons from the universe as much as I do, like, share, and become a patron, and watch Lessons from the Universe take the rest of the world by surprise in the best ways possible. Sending light and love to all of you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.